0: This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Jake, and with me for the first time in over a year, at least a year, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Jason Hill. Say hello to the mutant goons from beyond.
1: Hello, everybody. It has been a while. It has certainly been a while. This is a different movie than the last time I was on talking with you about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Last time that you and I podcasted together, I think we realized was the Ernest Scared Stupid episode, which I have, it's amazing to me of all of the beautiful cinema I have seen, award winning films. I have wanted to watch that movie probably more than any other in the last year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a perfect movie. It's not, but it's a perfect movie.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is a great companion piece to Killer Clowns from Outer Space, K.K. Foss, which you're very intimately. Yeah, acquainted. absolutely, it
1: absolutely is. You know, it's the same. Just the same clowns. Just uh, they're trolls now instead of clowns. So. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So I like to think of it as the clowns arrive and then they kind of go feral. You know what I mean? And so that they become trolls and that the new clowns that come down are like the rescue party. Like, oh, we're going to save our brethren who've been here since the 17 aughts. And (laughs) voila. Are they ever going to make that killer clown sequel? Is that ever going to happen? I really hope not. I really genuinely hope not because I've seen so many things where I'm just like, the idea catches your eye. You're like, could it be good? Like Robocop returns is the big one right now. Could it be good? Oh. It could be good, but it won't be good. Like the mountain of evidence establishes that it won't be good. And it's just no. better to be left where it is.
1: I'll probably even try to bring Frank Miller back to write a script for it. And it would just come off as being like super racist and xenophobic. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> so then Robocop's dropped in the middle East and he blows up all of the brown people. But yeah,
1: did I mention cool. it was supposed to be Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Jesus. Christ. And then he did his, own weird thing where it's like batman without the little pointy ears and he's just like mowing people down
1: yeah i think well. they actually had to uh hire somebody to erase the ears when they published that because it was supposed to be batman i couldn't even, even dc be like, listen frank we love you but
0: fuck no yeah <laughs> like, you made us some good money but you can also fuck off <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and i actually just re-listened to another podcast about robocop on the brain and so thinking about him and his uh you know RoboCop versus Terminator and stuff and it's just amazing to me to see a guy who kind of had it you know his like daredevil shit was tight he had some cool stuff and then it's just like a career made off of a few successes a long time ago yeah
1: I remember I read a lot of those Sin City books back when I was still with like college age and I was like this is fun then I
0: like revisited not
1: too long ago I was like this is just not really holding up the well as well as you really would want it to
0: (laughs) yeah it's like the things that you think are cool when you're a kid it's almost like watching a movie that's like like a beautiful Beautiful love story when you're you know in high school and then you watch it as an adult oh my god this is awful like like i listened to another podcast about vanilla sky recently and it was just like oh i loved this movie i was gonna get a tattoo of this movie then the guys like watch it again now like oh my god like this is so wrong and just juvenile and i'm like yeah it kind of feels like how cool mickey Rourke's character is supposed to be right to clarify it was the host of the other podcast who wanted the tattoo Jake thinks that
1: movie sucks, but admittedly, it does not suck enough to avoid an hour long podcast reviewing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the 2000s were really, really bad for that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. They're like, everybody was just like super mean and a douchebag in the 2000s with frosted tips.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, and like, you have movies like, what is it? Euro trip with the Scotty doesn't know where you're like rooting for and against the, the titular character of the film. Like it's just so, well, I, actually not titular because his name isn't Euro trip. It's Scotty, but you get what I'm saying.
1: Yes. The main character. Yeah.
0: Like I, I don't like content like that at all. I've never yeah. liked it where it's just people getting shit all over. Like I really, I, after like the first two seasons of uh, Silicon Valley couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I just don't like shows where it's just people being abused ritualistically and just like, I remember my one of my friends saying that the uh, Thomas Jane, you could appreciate uh, show hung was really good, but like it's just consistently him <laughs> failing. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch that. I want I watched yeah like the first
1: season, I think of Hung and it was OK, I guess it's a simple premise. A guy who was a teacher doesn't get paid enough, so he's going to start core himself out because he has a big penis. Uh, you again, know. you can probably also re- relate to that as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I would take a salary cut if that could be my job. But unfortunately, nobody is getting in line or retaining my services. And the first time he does it, he doesn't know how to actually fuck anyone. He just gets money under the door for offering to fuck someone. So, I mean, that is even better. All while
1: pining for Ann H. to come back to him, I feel like. And I was like, eh, you know, it's just a bit much. And it comes on after Entourage, too. And I was like, if you want to talk about a show that really has not aged as well as you would hope for, that show is just... <laughs> Everybody is you're pulling for nothing but douchebags in the show.
0: (laughs) Oh, I've never actually watched a full episode. I've only watched them doing like the Aquaman stuff and the parodies of like Aquaman to the Jason Momoa stuff that's coming out now. And didn't Jason Momoa just get cast as something kind of amazing? He's I think a, he did. Act. Oh, he's the crow. Isn't it, he the crow? Or did they get back? Or did they get on the back burner? No, that's a different. I thought that the guy who's playing the Joker is now the crow. Is that the last thing I saw?
1: Who's the, who was the I didn't even reckon. I've I actually wa- just finished watching the Batman on my lunch
0: break today. Uh, he's cast. Oh. A, he's going to be the main character in Minecraft, which I've never played a game of Minecraft. But like, what do you think of like how prolific that franchise is? That's a huge fucking role to get. Right. Even Wait, if it's still- bad. Isn't it like the the highest selling
1: video game series of all time now? Like, isn't that, hasn't that series made like the most money more than like Superman or Guitar Hero? Not Superman, but uh, Mario Brothers. I think like the the amount of money that game has made
0: is just ungodly. It's, I completely believe it. I remember I used to teach Korean kids English a decade ago and they would sit and watch for hours other people playing the game. And I'm just like, fuck, I don't know, man. Like, that's just (laughs) crazy to me. (laughs) Just, you could play the game, you know? Isn't that not? Isn't that fun? That's what it's supposed to be doing. I, I've never
1: gotten to people that watch people play video games.
0: Yeah, like I don't know. Uh, even when I would be at like a friend's house, I would just do something else. Like if it, I was yeah. waiting for my turn, I'd just grab a comic book or something. I wouldn't just sit and watch. And even yeah. if it meant like I would fail because I wouldn't see where they succeeded, I liked that challenge. It always kind of felt cheap to me. But now that I'm an old man and I don't have the time to like experiment with games, dude, I'll die like one time. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm checking. Like I just played. <laughs> the 3DS remake of Metroid 2. It's my first, not to toot my own horn, my first Metroid game I've ever finished and I loved it. I okay. loved it. It was it was a divine experience to me. But you better fucking believe that your boy would okay. be like, okay, I'm gonna check out how to beat this boss fight because I do not have the patience <laughs> to go through a cutscene and get all no. Yeah. I'll
1: admit it. Was it the Super Nintendo Metroid game? Was that the one that everybody thinks is like one of the greatest games ever? Was 64 version that
0: was there was no 64 Metroid released. It was partially developed. There's some stuff there. It's Super Metroid on Super Nintendo, but I'm playing through Super Metroid as Super Metroid Redux, which is a fan update which has it more in the style of like the game boy Advance games which had okay. some better controls and better sure, yeah you know animations and stuff but we're not here to talk about that or barry kyogen no. who played the joker in the deleted scene and the little friends scene which kind of came off like uh i don't know lenny and george giggling with each other we're here to talk about dead dudes in the house aka the dead come home aka the house on tombstone hill which is your last name i finally figured out why you picked this fucking movie
1: No, I had never even heard of this movie until I (laughs) went up to Tubi one day, and apparently, Troma's added some of their stuff to Tubi now, which I was pretty excited about. And I saw the trailer; I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I saw the trailer for it, which is misleading. Did you watch that Tubi trailer? No, I didn't.
0: How is that? It is.
1: It's like a dead dudes in the house, bro. We've got dudes going through the house. It was like hilarious, like house party kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. This is a fairly serious movie, honestly. Uh, There's not a lot of jokes. I mean, it's it's still a trauma movie yeah
0: know? but it's not like uh like
1: whoa bro is the peak the is gonna be over time i think they just murdered my girlfriend you know
0: yeah it's not wacky at all and the cover of the movie is incredibly misleading because the cover looks like house party you know like yes, or like absolutely. weekend at bernie's kind of yeah it's you know it's scary esque, but we're like having fun like sure we're fucking with dead people but it's all in good jest But the movie itself, like you said, is so tonally fucked, I couldn't believe it. Because (laughs) I was convinced, I'm not kidding you, until the last 20 minutes, that this was some fucking cabin in the woods shit where everything was like a ruse because it's not spooky at all but then it's ghosts? No. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the, the rules
1: in this movie, like I really enjoy this movie but the rules, they, they don't make any sense. There's no, no. clarity on the ghosts. Like Even when you watch Night of the Demons, you understand they're getting possessed and they're demons now. Yeah. But the kills the kills in this movie are pretty great. Yeah, um, a lot of them yeah. are awesome, like especially uh,
0: the dude getting the javelin to the chest. Oh, that was a
1: highlight. I, that's, that's like, what am I Favorite kills I've seen in a long time. It's you know, so
0: gnarly. So for those of you who are, you know, w- listen to the show without watching the movies, it's free on Tubi. There's a scene where the like the, the house locks itself. So again, I'm thinking it's like a robot house, you know. Yeah. And their dumbass friend is like, "Hey guys, let me in. I'm again. And so they open the window, and he climbs in, and this spooky old woman who's like Spike Jones from the Jackass movies. Yes. Chops his fucking fingers off, and he chops his hand off as well, so he's like falling and getting hit with his own fingers and his stumpy hand, and then he's like (laughs) laying down crying, and she just gets a... I don't know what it's supposed to be, like a pry bar or a... I
1: guess it was like a a huge lead pipe, because you know that's probably... You know that the house is
0: full of fucking lead. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming...
1: (laughs) like. I'm assuming it was some sort of lead pipe, and she just like straight like yeets that motherfucker straight at him, <laughs> like.
0: like Caitlyn Jenner throwing at the Olympics, and just stabs the yeah. dude right through the chest. Blood torrentially flies everywhere. Ah, oh, yes. magnificent!
1: Yes, and this this guy was coming back from like the longest beer run ever. I feel like like they pulled oh, up yeah. to the house, and he immediately leaves like, oh, I got I can't do anything without my beer. Like you know, he's probably got the shakes at this point. Um
0: <laughs> A little fetal alcohol shows, syndrome. Look.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he pulls up, I guess, like 30 minutes in. I had forgotten about him completely at, at yeah. that point. Well, I think,
0: and I little, think even the people who like directed the movie and wrote the movie had forgotten, which was uh, James Rifell. I think that he forgot what characters he had on the board because then he <laughs> introduced the two high schoolers for no reason. Dude, the, the, the one high school
1: kid <laughs> had one of my favorite movie lines ever, though. He was like, uh, why am I friends with you? And he turns <laughs> like, because I'm a great guy? Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, they had no really purpose of the movie other than just body count. Exactly. That's really all they were. Um. Yeah.
0: And then to introduce them tangentially, I honestly feel like it's just padding the runtime—a brisk ninety-five minutes, mind you. Because yeah. if they had just been in the second car of college kids showing up, that makes just as much sense. It just needs yeah. less ex- exposition.
1: Or even if you wanted to, like, maybe add townies to sort of people know this house is haunted. You know, yeah. maybe they could like stop at you know stop at a store real quick, and they're like, oh you're going to that house, that house. You don't want to go to that house, you know. And then they just kind of show up later in the movie. That would have made more sense than yeah. forty-five. Into this movie, when everything's kind of been kicked in the gear, they're like, uh, "Hey, do you want to go visit the house for no reason tonight?" Exactly it's supposed to be haunted. It's
0: a reverse, right? What yeah. What should happen in your typical horror movie is the out-of-towners, show up, they get warned by the Herald, they go, and then the Herald is like, hey, you know, I should go check on those people. The Herald, being altruistic, tries to help them and then dies anyway. But in this, it was just like, you know what? My spidey sense is tingling, and I want to go to an (laughs) abandoned house. You want to get some murdering done tonight? I think we can do that, yeah.
1: And -hmm. the one guy's like, no, I don't want to go to that. That's dumb. And everybody's like, yes, that is dumb. You don't need to be... Oh, That shot was cool. I will give it when they introduced those characters. It was a cool shot, you know.
0: It reminded me of the beginning of Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula with the fucking (laughs) the color palette being like orange, burnt orange. And it was like the shadow puppets. And I was like, why is my brain going here? (laughs) You know,
1: James Riffle, Francis Ford Coppola, they're. Not on the same, equals. well, at least at these
0: days, anyway. Yeah, the it, what is it? The immeasurable weight of something talent, because that. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick Cage, Cage is movie. a Coppola. You know that. Yes, he is a Coppola, and that's probably what got him through some of the lean times of his career. <laughs> yeah, before Pig, which I was like about to see when I when it was sold to me as his version of John Wick with a pig. I was like, I'm into it, and then I listened yeah. to the red letter media, where they're like, it is not that; it's just sad. Oh, and I was like, no, no thank you. Oh man,
1: I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to see that too. Because it looks, it looked good, and that's what I was kind of heard it was pitched as. But I, I, did, I don't really watch things unless I've seen it first, like the Red Letter Media stuff or your podcast. I want to watch the movie first because they are going to spoil it for me. It was, for me, what's the point? Exactly. But
0: uh, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it was the reason I watched this because Red Letter Media did like a whole episode just on it, and so they like kind of cue it in, then they kind of go into spoilers. So even from what you could tell, like even before they get into spoilers, they basically were like, "Dude, it's not what you think." And just where I'm at. In this, you know, quote unquote season of my life, I don't have the fucking time to like be sad. Like if my media doesn't make me Twitter paid it or like, dude, you can probably talk to this. Star Trek Lower Decks is the shit. It's the best thing I've ever fucking seen.
1: Because it seems like the stuff that Paramount Plus has added to the the Star Trek oeuvre has not been that great. Or it's been like, well, I think I just want to watch Next Generation. Uh, This makes me just want to watch TNG. Uh, Honestly, I, I
0: didn't have my hopes up for that, but it's good. It's the so This is the way I go through it. I I haven't watched Picard. I haven't watched Discovery. I might eventually. I just, from what I've seen, I have no interest in it. And people who have placated me on the show know, like, I love Star, Star Trek. Is what i want my life to be like you could be like hey you could be at the titty emporium and that could be your job is to honk titties (laughs) or you could be in star trek and i would be like i will absolutely i will take science or engineering or i don't care even if you're one of the red shirts that goes down on the planet i'd be sick dog i do like my x's on my hands and i just like start fucking swinging like i was (laughs) at a hardcore show but it's great because it goes to something I loved. I love the animated Star Trek. And one of the best parts of it is it's 20-minute Star Trek. So it's yeah. if you're in a rush and you can't watch a full fucking hour of TV, you just watch that. And Lower Decks is like the original Star Trek meets Rick and Morty without a toxic fan base. It's sure so great. Because that's the thing that kills me with like Rick and Morty, where it's like, oh, did you catch that? Re-? Yes, everybody did. It's the yes. lowest common denominator fuck face. And so yeah. this, like they make references, but like like my wife can laugh because to her it's nonsense words but I can laugh because I've seen what a horta is
1: so okay so the uninitiated can still appreciate lower decks um yeah so I'm certainly not like I haven't seen all of the next generation there's like 300 episodes hour long it's like longer than the xbox it's like, so good
0: though the yeah. next gen is so good from beginning to end like people talk shit about like the first episode and the first season being off but for me it hits on every level like it's like some of my favorite media ever and uh it's cool too because they riff off of all of them. There have been sure. at least an homage to discover or not discovery to Enterprise, to Voyager, to Deep Space, to even the original series. So much so, what's really funny when they go back to like watch old archival footage of Kirk and Spock, it's mm-hmm. them watching the old animated series in that style <laughs> of animation, which is like that's pretty dude, great. That's so fucking clever. Like yeah. that's stupid. Is, Get out of my. face Is that Hanna Barbera who did the original? Was yep.
1: that Hanna Barbera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That animation is certainly like it's classic. You know. Oh, yeah.
0: It's it's just fucking American. American speed racer right like it's yeah, exactly my head's not moving but my mouth is moving really fast because like, oh, animation is expensive yeah, exactly <laughs> dude <laughs> like, like, like people talk shit on computer animation taking over and it's like dude I just watched the trailer for Ultraman season two on Netflix. I was fucking jazzed. Did you really uh, nice? Dude, I've watched. So what I've been doing lately is putting on Tokusatsu stuff on my third monitor at work. So like I've done all of Ultraman, Ultra seven, Supaita man and all those. And I don't even fucking put the sound on. I don't read the subtitles. I just look over every so often and I get to see some people beating shit up. I guess it's always fun. Oh, yeah. And especially like, because you've watched enough, you know, kaiju stuff. In the first season of the original Ultraman, he fights Godzilla. And, but the Godzilla has like a, uh, what do you call it? Dilophosaurus frill that he then rips off of him, does like a Toro Toro as he's a bullfighter. Then when he fucking murders Godzilla, he drapes the Dilophosaurus cloth over him like the Shroud of Turin. It's amazing. Oh
1: my gosh. It's the best shit I've ever seen. That sounds like fun. That does sound like fun. Yeah. Uh, but- have you uh? Oh, also your your movie's on Tubi now. Robot Ninja. I saw that uh, yesterday.
0: It's on Tubi now. Oh, Cyber Ninja. Or yeah, Cyber Ninja. That's on Tubi now. Because I think there is another thing called Robot Ninja. But ooh, yeah, girl. Yeah, actually, I just ranted about that on uh, the last episode we recorded. So for those of you who haven't watched the or don't pay for the Patreon bonus, I'm giving you a peek behind the shit. But uh, (laughs) I talked about my local library. I have this weird thing where I say I want to watch a movie and then I walk by the cart at the bookstore and they sell me the movie. So I wanted (laughs) to watch Mouse Hunt like a month ago. Right. And it's not fucking streaming anywhere. And I'm like, am I going to steal a movie about a mouse? This is stupid. Yeah. And then I'm walking by the cart. And I buy, I see this little mouse staring at me and I get the movie for free because I bought a Marx Brothers documentary. And then the other day I was talking about Reign of Fire and then fucking Reign of Fire staring there. And then I got that for free. So, I mean, it's just, it's weird. So I've been saying Cyber Ninja so I could get it for free at my library. Or not, you know, a hundred bucks off eBay on VHS. Dude, it hurts my soul every time I see that. But it's, I total, I don't like, I don't begrudge them for doing it because one day I'll get that desperate. I know it.
1: (laughs) They know. And it's, I keep going to it every once in a while. Like, let's see if I can get anything for Jake now. Um, well, I think I saw like, oh, like 40 bucks. It's not the cheapest one. I saw one for
0: you one time. Yeah. yeah. I came close, dude. I'm not even kidding. My finger like hovered over the, the link, but then I just like... Because I haven't even spent that on Monster Squad. And Monster Squad was rare at the time it came out. And that was one of like the heralded things that kind of made it so cool was because it was hard to find. Whereas oh, Cyber I remember Ninja- oh,
1: when it finally came out on DVD, when they finally put Monster Squad on DVD, I think there was oh. like, were there rights issues for it. Because I mean, it was a big deal when it came to DVD.
0: Yeah, Um, apparently there was some issues when it came to like universal licensure. Like, so their characters are all separate and distinct on purpose. And sure, there was a bunch of weird shit. And what you hear through the rumor mill versus what actually happened is hard with Monster Squad because Monster Squad has kind of become so trendy in the last 20 years since it became a DVD. You know, yeah, I remember I would rent the same fucking movie, the same exact VHS tape. I probably spent more than $50 renting it when I was a kid because I couldn't buy it. Like there was nowhere oh, yeah. to buy it. You couldn't even yeah. buy it from like a fuck. And um, I'm going to say something that's going to alienate the youngins, a catalog. You couldn't even buy it in a catalog.
1: You mean you couldn't, you know, make making money order and mail it to <laughs> a, 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 with a little thing that marked off a uh, monster squad as you would check it off and you would send it in. And then oh, like, wow. I don't know, six months later, you'd finally get your VHS tape. Dude.
0: And you could talk to this. So yeah, you're sharing this experience. You are a father now. Congratulations. Since the last time we podcasted together, that wasn't a thing. No, it was not. When I describe like, the coolest shit about parenting is finding the new thing with your kid and so like coming home from work and what's the new thing gonna be it's the only thing in life in the modern era that equivocates the thrill of like waiting for something cool to come in the mail you know what I mean because now like with Amazon or with whatever deep video plus you're getting emails that are saying exactly to the minute when your shit's gonna be at your door but it used to be like fuck it might be here today might be here next month I don't know And so, like, it's the like, joy a- of finding shit from your kid is, like, exactly that. Is it true or false?
1: Yeah, it's very, very, very true. Like, one day you come on I was like, oh, he's doing this now. That's fantastic. I didn't know yeah. when that was, it was, maybe it's going to happen today or maybe it'll happen a month from now. Oh, he's doing that now. That's that's great. And that actually, I never thought about that, but that's a perfect, perfect metaphor for that whole experience. Because you're not going to get that experience. No, not, I mean, I know some people went out with the whole uh, chain of command issue. Yeah, Quote unquote. Uh, but no, everybody's used to like, okay, I'll order this. And they might even be here tomorrow, especially living in a big city. Oh, with yeah. A Amazon hub.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I do AliExpress stuff sometimes, but then I buy it like shit that I don't need and I'll just completely forget about. So when I get it, I, I don't even have any sense of anticipation because I just don't care. So Jim, Jim Turn from this show, still yeah. one of my absolute best friends, we're going to do a party for our kids in September to. If It's one of the many anniversaries of The Hobbit. It's not like, uh, you know, a nice, sexy round number, but Mm -hmm. our kids are Hobbit-sized, and so he's going to make the cloaks. I bought the clasps. I bought swords and stuff, but I bought all of it on fucking AliExpress. Because I'll get it in fucking September, and then I'll have spent (laughs) a third of what I would have on Amazon. Sheesh. That's going to be awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm super into it. I've already planned out, like, converting. Like, we have, like, a playhouse in the back for the kids, and it's two stories. So the bottom story is going to be Riddles in the Dark. The top story is going to be the, you know golden layer of smog like i'm taking this shit sirs i'm
1: gonna need lots of pictures yeah. of, for, for this absolutely
0: and luckily <laughs> jim is like my best photographer friend who really hates that i have a phone that's newer than him because he will be like oh that's a nice picture i'm like i know bitch. i took it <laughs> <laughs> So back to this fucking dead dudes in the house movie. I'm really glad that you picked it. It's fucking weird. Uh, what oh, prompted yeah. you to pick this one?
1: It was just like, I watched it one day on TV because I just came across it. I didn't even know it was a trauma movie at the time. I just like, this is looks, looks weird. And then of course I start hit play and I can hear that, that beautiful like, trauma tone. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is what I've been looking for. I'm so happy. And this is the kind of movie that I, I live for these days. Now, I said I watch all the big blockbuster stuff, but I've seen it's all of the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th movies and even the more like the Conjuring movies until I'm just like dead inside. I don't need to watch Friday the 13th part five another hundred times. 100. I like that movie. It gets shit on a lot, but I think it's a good movie. I love that um, movie,
0: unironically. And I think that people are finally coming around on it. Same with like, you know, Halloween 3. I think Halloween 3 is worse than Friday... Uh, Friday Five. I think oh, if I have a pretty wide margin. The ideas in Halloween Three kick ass. It is. Oh yeah, I like that movie. But I mean, if it, if it, you're giving me like a compromised vision of one of the tit, like the the main top shelf uh, horror villains, like. I think the unfairly maligned five is the highest. Like even when you get into like the Chucky's and the Freddy's and some of the stuff that gets a little like super weird. Ah, it's yeah. still not even close.
1: Wait, it worked. okay. Everybody's mad because it's not Jason at the end, you get the the rug pulled out from under you a little bit. Like I understand that, but it's a really solid, like sleazy 80 slasher. Like it's way better than a lot of the run of the mill slasher that you would think of. It's a oh, yeah. good slasher movie, you know?
0: Objectively, yeah. And you actually were kind enough. This is a, a shameless plug for this thing called friendship, but <laughs> you were kind enough to actually send me a VHS tape of Friday the 13th part five, which I have actually watched not once, but twice since you gave it to me, which was oh, less nice. than a month ago. <laughs> what were the previews ahead of it? I haven't watched that part. I'll be honest with oh, you. Okay. I'm skip. i I'm a skipper because okay. a lot of times I have this nasty habit of like, oh, I should watch that too or I should buy that. For instance, I have like Willow on VHS and one of my greatest joys is that that Willow tape doesn't have any trailers because it's so fucking long. It couldn't oh, afford wow. to have it on the tape.
1: Okay, yeah. I've got a, a Night of the Demons too. VHS tape oh, but it yeah? was a promo copy that they were giving out to rental stores to get them to buy and it's like you should buy this if you buy three of these we'll give you a Night of the Demons one for free also you can have all these Halloween adventures like take your own scared teenager home at night buy one get one free it's like this whole like sales pitch it's hilarious to watch like I really did miss the video rental stores because all these kind of weird things they would do back in the day that's this, awesome. this is yeah,
0: <laughs> it's exploitation to a guy like, and especially now because like if we can't get it on VHS, we could still probably find it somewhere, and that's oh, yeah, just absolutely. like another hour and a half of my life gone. <laughs> yeah. So, in, in terms of this movie, did you like this movie half as much as the Batman because it's quite literally half as long as the Batman?
1: Ooh, half as much, absolutely. Um, now I got to tell you one thing. Batman. It's it's. I really like the movie. Yeah, the Batman that is. It's too long. It's three hours long, and mm. I'm just like, you know, I get it. Thank you for not giving me another origin story. I really, really appreciate that. Agreed. There needed to be more Alfred in a three-hour-long movie. Was that a was bizarre, right? Especially, it was Annie Circus too. It was like it was some
0: run, like some no. It was like no, give me more Annie Circus as Alfred, please. I need that. Well, especially because he does. He serves a great purpose in being the the anchor that's keeping bruce even existing as bruce because oh yeah the, the point of his life he like just wants to be batman and completely disregards bruce to his own detriment and so oh yeah i feel like having more of him would have been better like take out the scene in the church and give me another scene with those two i think would be better yeah but
1: I bring he's that- not as grounded in this movie as he is yeah. in a lot of the other batman movies because he's he's pretty much just batman do you hear this no
0: so forgive the slight auditory interruption i left my garage door open so that it could circulate some oxygen and then uh i don't know if the sparrows outside are fucking each other to death or fighting each other to death but it's some Mm. kind of sound equivocating to that
1: how bad is pollen your way you have y'all have bad pollen in southern california not as bad as y'all
0: let me tell you this is
1: literally the city of oaks that's what they call raleigh okay oak tree pollen is fucking awful like you go outside and you can literally see the yellow in the air, like everywhere. It's awful.
0: Well, then you also have humidity to deal with, too. So it makes it like stick to you. Yeah. Ugh. It's, uh, yeah.
1: Southern California. If it was for the fact that there's way too many people in Southern California and it's expensive to live, Southern California sounds amazing. <laughs> like,
0: on paper, it's great. Let me tell you, oh, yeah. like I'll t- I've told everybody who will listen, like COVID fucking ruled for me. I had, didn't have to commute as much. I got to like be home. I, on, like, I'm not even kidding. On average, a minimum of 16 extra hours at home per week. On average, if I calculated based on a year's worth of appearances, we're talking about 30 extra hours at home a week without wow, that's, having to that's
1: two kids too that's great oh yeah. yeah
0: i've been mr mom by comparison dude <laughs> <laughs> which we should probably do on this show we find a way to make that horror because i love me some michael keaton have you ever we'll, seen the we'll dream figure team it out. say what the dream team yeah have you seen it
1: no, I've not seen that. I'm okay, sure. You need to. Yeah. Peter yeah. Boyle,
0: Christopher Lloyd, Michael Keaton. There are a bunch of guys who are in a mental institution who get a field trip and then their doctor gets assaulted and gets taken away in an ambulance. And it's just four crazy guys out in New York. It's delightful. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a movie they'd never make now, but a movie that you really, really miss. Well, what's crazy is how sensitive they are to issues of mental health. Which I know it sounds like the premise, and obviously they could be more sensitive to it. Sure. Just the her- the premise is inherently you know bad, but yeah. it's great. Like Christopher Lloyd's character, like he doesn't like fix himself in one movie. But um, yeah, I don't know why I went there. What'd you do to my brain?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, my biggest thing was like a, hes not gr- uh, in the new Batman movie. He's not grounded at all. He's just Batman in yeah. this movie. Like I don't say you need Playboy uh, billionaire Bruce Wayne all the time, but you do need you need Bruce Wayne to make Batman more palatable in my eyes. Um, more believable you know like it's, it just seems like kind of a dichotomy there but I just you need to have a little bit of the both of them to really be a good Batman movie I feel like that's just me especially in a movie that's three hours long you
0: can kind of get more Bruce Wayne in there yeah um, and I, I think that it, what's cool about that is it sets it up for a character arc in a trilogy Christian sure. Bale is is the same Batman in every one of them it's the only arc he has is that his body is fucked up it has yeah. nothing to do with like the merits of his character right yes and you could yeah. say the same thing for michael keaton even and like i love him but even if you were to incorporate keaton in batman forever and take out kilmer there's still no development except for he might end up having a girlfriend kind of like
1: yeah yeah for keaton the whole thing is like he's a billionaire but he just doesn't care about being bruce Wayne at all he is he just doesn't care about it at all and same thing with uh, uh christian bale a little bit you see him like in the boardroom sleeping during some of the the big things were at, at wayne Corp yeah um And just just like a little bit of Bruce Wayne, just a little bit of a personal life. There's not just, you know,
0: Batman punching people in the face for three hours. I would love if like somebody who could be an obnoxious character really did it. Because I think that where Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is most effective is when he's being such a fucking obnoxious prick in like. Oh, yeah. The foyer of the place that he ends up buying. And he has that knowing look that he gives. I don't know if it's Katie Holmes or Maggie Gyllenhaal. uh, At the time, but that look of like, yeah, this is all bullshit. But that's the torture. That's what makes him cool. Like that, he does have emotions. He just forsakes them for the sake of justice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or when he's
1: having that party for Harvey Dent running for DA, (sighs) you know, where he's kind of a douchebag in that. And I was like, yes, we know you're putting on a show because you don't want anybody to know you're actually Batman. We get it. You know, give me a little bit of that. You don't have, you know, and so we're maybe the next. I do not want another Batman Joker movie in this trilogy. We don't, there's enough Batman Joker content out there. I you don't need another, I don't need an, I know it's going to happen. And oh, I'm so glad they deleted out that scene, by the way, because I watched that today too. Like that was
0: been like the most forced Joker thing yeah, I've dude. ever seen in my entire life. Like it's taken on its own, it's a, it's like the perfect deleted scene because it's, it's well done. It just doesn't oh, yeah. fit in that movie at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, and I think the um, whole third act doesn't need to be there with like the how huge the stakes are. I don't care. But you, no. you you've heard me. We've you and I've ranted because I probably text you more than my own like wife at this point. But like I want grounded, small scale shit. Like I don't need it to be an apocalyptic threat. Like I love the idea that Daredevil is just like, hey, you're a bad person. You yeah. are a singular bad person who has no ramifications on the world. But I'm going to handle it. Have you been reading the new Nightwing run with Tom Taylor? No, I was looking into it though. I like that one re- a lot.
1: It's really good. Like it's and it's him doing street level stuff in Bloodhaven by himself. It's 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 really really good. I know the first arc is all in
0: DCU. So if you get a chance, pick that up. It's it's really good. I've been using Hoopla to read my <laughs> DC stuff because I just get a, a big old trade and do it that way. Okay, yeah. Well, if, if it's on Hoopla, then absolutely because uh, first arc is really good. I recently tried to read the war of jokes and riddles and I gave up even though I love Kite Man and stuff it was just like I just I don't have the fucking patience for the style of writing right now
1: actually I got that trade from the library and I read it and I was like and that was literally the last Tom King Batman thing I've, I've read since it was just like you know this is this is it Tom King you've written the vision run is is spectacular oh, yeah. exactly. heard your Mir- I haven't read your Miracle Man but I heard the, the Miracle Man stuff it was really really good yeah. too
0: but Mir- what's interesting Miracle Man is such a one note character and for it to be oh, yeah. anything but that is kind of amazing
1: oh Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I need to, I, I need to get that or read that somewhere because I've heard heard really good things from Miracle Man.
0: Yeah, so I went into the War of Jokes and Riddles with comic pop. I'd, I'd watched that on it and they were like look this is like objectively bad but this is what happens and I was like okay like sure. I'll check it out like there's enough here that sounds interesting and it's just like the art is fucking annoying because clearly it was somebody who like just took 3D models and traced it because everything well, they is were so still static. doing
1: two issues a, a month for that I think at that point so, so unnecessary yeah I mean because it was at the beginning of Rebirth that was a thing they were two ninety nine, and they're two a month so they were just like artists at some point were just forcing that already had to get like several artists for one issue which yep. makes a lot of uh, issues continuity issues for some time And I was like, no, one a month is good. Also, it's really a lot better in my pocketbook. I'm not spending so much money if I'm a subscription.
0: Then you're paying $6 for a one comic's worth of good material. Exactly. Because that's a huge element with that series was like, it was so repetitive and so redundant. It it was just like, how is this quote unquote war still happening? Like, it's just really annoying. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're keep getting distracted. Uh, for those of you who haven't figured it out, Dead Dudes is a hoot. Quite literally, it says it on the cover of the movie. But <laughs> there's about five minutes of plot in the whole thing, so we're padding a little bit. We're padding sure. like Robert sure. Paddington. Oh,
1: oh, look at you! There, we look go. at you! Dad jokes. Um, yeah, they're coming fast, strong, and heavy these days. <laughs> Hi, fast, strong, like, and heavy. My you know, name's Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this movie, though, Dead Dudes Naked, so where I watched and I was like, I have to tell Jake about this. This is one of these movies, and you're the same way, too. Like, you've seen all these, even the more obscure stuff you've seen, but you've never seen these kind of things. And I was like, uh, I need to tell Jake about it. He's going to love this. It's the kind of movie you're always kind of mm-hmm. on the search for, too. Yeah. And this is a very much a bare-bones horror movie. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, it is, it's definitely a riff of Night of the Demons kind of, Pet cemetery a little bit i could definitely see that for sure and the the georgetown guys you know the guy where the georgetown sweatshirt is absolutely like okay i just watched the shining i'm ready to do my jack Torrance right now let's go let's go let's go real happy (laughs) yeah but the biggest gripe was that it was again the the ghosts they don't make sense the rules for these ghosts or zombies or ghouls
0: or whatever have you they just don't how do you kill them if you keep killing them do they not come keep coming back to life and it's very strange too and I, it, a lot goes to the setting I want to say like the fact of it being so bright all the time makes it oh, yeah. very unnerved like that's what I mean it, it just didn't feel spooky at all like this no. is a haunted house movie but I'm telling you I didn't believe it was a haunted house and I also thought that the lady was still alive I like, the too. fact that they're- she like resurrects from the tombstone that's so important to the screenwriters or whatever that's the name of one of the names of the movie yeah exactly
1: I don't yeah like I said the uh and they were like why did she come why, why are they haunted there's no like black magic stuff going on at all they're just a woman was stabbed to death and her, her daughter hanged herself in the front yard. And the noose is still hanging up 50 years later, by the way. Nobody yeah. decided they should probably take that down.
0: That shit is twine. <laughs> that ain't going to hold anybody. <laughs> like, she was petite, but let me tell you, that shit would fall quick. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, it was funny when the two townies walked in and she was uh, changing clothes. And they're like, uh, oh, this is just something that happens now. You know, yeah. we just, we're not worried about this at all. We don't know who you are. Let's hey, just titties. watch you undress
0: real quick. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I'm doing what I do every night. And it's like, okay, sure. But what you do every night is not have people watch you do that. Like that's weird. But then you yeah, realize how old she's are amazing. you by the way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's And, mm. yeah.
1: and um, they're like, but there's not a bed in here. Where are you going to go to sleep to it? I was, it was like, use your noggin a little bit. And also when he goes like, well, aren't you dead? It was like, Oh, I am dead. And he's like, lifts his head up real quick and walks out of the room. I was like, what is going on here? I don't understand. This movie is a lot of fun. I'm not going to forget it. That's, that's the good thing a good about part, trauma yeah. movies. That's the good thing about trauma movies is like I forget things about the Batman. You
0: no, know, I watched the Nighthouse, that Rebecca Hall haunted house movie. Kind of is that the one that's a? Oh no, that's the Deep House that's, that's down at the bottom of Lake. Which one's the Nighthouse? Uh, it's got Rebecca Hall
1: in it and like nobody else. And her husband committed suicide, and she's kind of dealing with uh, all these things. And you think it's probably a haunted house, but then you find out it's one of those movies where you keep finding out. Oh, her husband was actually kind of crazy, and she mm-hmm. didn't know about it. Um, it's on HBO Max it's pretty recently it's, it's not bad it's creepy but I've already forgotten so much things about that movie and i oh, yeah. you know more time like I'm going to remember this movie and even the bad trauma movies I'm going to remember the bad trauma movies because even if they're bad they're always entertaining you know
0: oh yeah and it's always fun to figure out like trauma movies are great to me in two regards because I always talk about the merit bad system of horror so I always love being able to have a movie in my repertoire so I could use it for comparative analysis. I love that. But yeah. then two, even if the movie's bad, it's fun to imagine what would happen on set. Not only how these ideas came to pass, but how the ideas were translated into the celluloid. Because you know there's a huge gap between idea and what's delivered based on resources, based on crises, based on all that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And like, I kept thinking it was like, you know, when the one guy got chopped in half by the window. Yeah. And his legs fall off. Then he appears later, like full full body, but his guts are hanging out. I was like, you know, you really missed an opportunity to have just a dead torso crawling around the house. And that would have been really cool. Oh. But I was like, there's no way they would have had the resource to pull that kind of thing off. I, I really don't think, but I, like, that would have been a really cool zombie to have. That would be um, awesome.
0: And I think yeah. so. We were talking about how like the rules don't make sense, and here's the big problem. And this is something I've seen a lot. Whenever you see a writer director, there's usually, and I'm not gonna say this is a hard and fast rule. There's usually two things that can go wrong. One sure. is that they think every idea that they have is sacrosanct, and the movie's too fucking long and bloated. Or two, they think everything speaks for itself and they just go off and you're like, well, could we establish this? What I come like the fifth kill. This is how I was able to rationalize things because I saw the daughter, but the daughter doesn't have like a neck mark. Right. But I, what I surmised was that as soon as you die, you're a ghost, which is why like the old lady stays old and doesn't become like a younger, more vital version of herself and why everybody's fucking ghoulish. Yeah. Old lady dies of old age because she has a heart attack and the other people die of these things so that was another thing where it's like the daughter should have a mangled broken neck but she doesn't and I think that if you had that outside perspective of somebody who is a different uh, a different director interpreting or something you kind of have that so that you're not getting so many of those well fuck I don't want to think about this dumb movie
1: yeah and she didn't have pale skin either like all the rest of them had pale skins when you saw you only saw her break at the very beginning in that 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 clothes scene, right I don't yeah, exactly. really remember her that yeah like she was she just looked like a normal person even everybody else looked even the ones that were just like stab wounds or whatever were like immediately pale and had like blood coming out of their, their mouths yeah like again the ghouls they just don't make sense there's no clarity and they, how do you kill these things are they like as normal as a because one guy gets a saw in his head but then somebody else just kind of like like gets stabbed at some point and they die again i was like we just need a little bit of clarity here some sort of baseline mm-hmm. for why this house is haunted and how yeah. you kill these 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 creatures um well, and political. why can you not get out why can you not get out of the
0: house That's another big one where it almost comes across as like technologically based where I've seen enough like escape room type movies where it's like, oh, okay, it's the illusion that this is an old rickety house, but it's actually like a streamlined military grade, whatever. And it's just like there's nothing that evokes a sense that the house is like alive or an entity like. Remember the haunting, or is the on I think it's the haunting where they do that great effect in the hallway where the whole hall shifts around and becomes like almost spherical around them. Yes, there's nothing like that here. No. And sure, no. it's expensive to do. Fucking give me the sounds of creaking specifically because they talk about yeah. creaking, but then it's just omnipresent creaking. Well, that doesn't do anything.
1: No, no, no. And they 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 sort of tried to give you a little bit with the newsbeat article. They just discovered, you uh-huh. know, uh, maybe there could have been like a book or like an Evil Dead kind of thing, you know. Like they just, you know, they had no money. Also, and I mean, they had much. Obviously, Sam Raimi is a little bit more talented filmmaker than Riffle here. Truly, but I mean, you can still do backstory and show like honed houses and stuff on a budget. Clearly,
0: yeah, and I think that to your point, like I don't think that it's that it was like an exclusive to a good filmmaker to do these things because just doing them, even if it's not as well as evil dead, evil dead is very clear in its formation. Like everything makes sense, even though it doesn't make sense. And the point is supposed to be that that Bruce Campbell, Ash is freaking out and he doesn't know what he's so reactionary. It goes from one crisis to another crisis to another crisis. Do you feel like that this movie maybe with a better lead could have done that? Because the lead in this is nothing.
1: I didn't know he was a lead until the final five seconds of the yep. movie. I, he's got the least amount of lines of anybody in the movie. Now, I'll give this movie hats off. There's a, a final guy in it. You know, it's you never you bill, get, yep. you get, actually, you get two final guys, kind of, you know. Yeah. But again, I didn't know he was, I figured it was me, you know, one of the girls, because again, we talked about it, there's horror movie tropes and you always have the final girl, which is fine. A lot of times you can sympathize more with the female lead in these kind of movies. And, you know, clearly the, the guy that he was supposed to be the final guy in this movie, he just kind of, he was like wallpaper. He was just there for most yeah, of this movie. It's
0: weird that he, like, of all the people to survive till the end, he's literally the last one that I, would. well, second to Bob. Because Bob is so overtly shitty to everyone. You're like, oh, well, naturally Bob's gonna die. But even the <laughs> fucking ginger kid, who's all sensitive and looks like pre-steroids Danny Elfman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the pictures from Dude, Coachella. he was at Coachella. He's 68. Wow. He's 68? I knew knew he was old. I was like, oh my goodness. He's getting shredded because when he's 69, I think that's all he's going to do all year. Cunnilingus for an entire year straight. He's going to like have a fucking time card that he stamps. It's going to be a bloodbath.
1: That's going to be the best Tim Burton movie ever.
0: Oh, Jesus. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's how he's going to make the choir the Uh, like uh, Edward Scissorhands it's going to be a lady orgasming on his face
1: it's going to be lots of them they're all going to be harmonized and uh, right. singed up perfectly and it's it's going to be it's going to be beautiful he's going to get an Oscar for it finally, if marketing. he doesn't already have one exactly
0: yeah. uh, does he have art or does he have uh, Academy Awards uh, Danny Elfman Academy Awards How many do you think he has? Two. Okay. He has four nominations and zero Academy Awards, one Grammy, six Saturn Awards, though. So that makes up for it because Saturn Awards are the only ones I give a shit about.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm assuming that
1: you got, I'm thinking probably Big Fish you got nominated for. Probably for his nomination. Yeah, Big for Fish, Oscar.
0: Milk, Men in Black, and Goodwill Hunting. He did Milk. Did not know that.
1: It seems like a, the like the least Danny Elfman movie I can possibly think of. Milk. Not saying it's a bad movie or anything, but All it was right. like Danny Elfman and Milk. <laughs>
0: weird but anyway th- th- like that's another thing that i think this movie needed was like a good musical hook or something like it was yeah. kind of all over the sound design wasn't that a great
1: it's like you know when you see like recordings of like bands from the 80s who didn't have a drummer so they used a drum machine yeah that's kind of like what this movie this like this movie felt like they're just like okay we don't have anything your your buddy he's got a, a drum machine right can you do like tones yeah cool you got it here's five bucks and some hamburgers do yeah. it
0: it had that minimalist feel to it but also like i'm not shitting on it because it's bad i'm shitting on it because i feel like it's it's just vapid in that regard like yeah i feel like it's not that i'm criticizing what's there it's almost so non-existent that it's almost like i just want to plug something else in to fill that space because it is so non-existent oh no not at all
1: not at all I, I, until you said something about it, i was like yeah that, that did nothing really there's no even like a, a theme to the music you would think like maybe you would see abigail who's the the mother The you would see like Oh, it's like a quick little do 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 do. Okay, that's Abigail. We get her. She's got her own thing. But uh, no, I feel like we're shitty. I actually enjoyed this movie, but it is not like there's so many things. Like just few tweaks here and there, and this movie would have been like so much better. I feel like so many more people would have probably seen it because everybody would really be talking about it more. Now I saw Vinegar Syndrome. They actually did release a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, recently. Yeah, so apparently it's getting some play, uh, which is great because anytime a a Troma movie gets more uh, play, I get very excited about that because I want Troma to do well. Of course. You know, I know they're always just scraping by. God bless Lloyd with his bow tie. He's kind of the salesman out there always trying to get. But then he doesn't do himself some favors because sometimes he'll do interviews where you're just like, you're so unlikable sometimes, Lloyd. (laughs) Like, I love you. But, you know, when you're talking about, you know, 30 minutes talking about the the awful vassals of uh, the devil-worshipping cult corporations, you're
0: not wrong. But when you just keep harping on that. Yeah. you know, well, It's Lloyd, the method I'll, of the message, too. Like, you could sure. say the right thing, but in the wrong way. And, like, you could be like, Jake, you're a great person. And I think that you're a, an admirable father. But if you're snapping at me, I'm going to be fucking raising up these. Fisty mitts and throwing oh, down.
1: Yeah. yeah. but yeah, and I, don't, I love Lloyd Kaufman. Absolutely yeah. love Lloyd Kaufman. But sometimes I
0: get it. Like, Lloyd, I get it.
1: You've been blackballed unfairly. You absolutely. All these gripes you're making are very valid. Just tell me what it was like to make Toxic Avenger again. Please. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> Play your greatest hits. Come on. <laughs> well, it, like, it's amazing to see guys like James Gunn really like nail it now. And I, I have to imagine the amount of envy from Lloyd is just crippling because it's like, imagine what Lloyd could have done with like Class of Newcomb High and the Suicide Squad budget that HBO gave. Like that would just <sighs> be fucking yeah. insanity. Yeah.
1: I just, I remember, I've got one of his books, Lloyd Kaufman's book, Make Your Own Damn Movie yep. and he, him and he, he writes a forward for it. And he actually got a little trouble for that forward because he talks about going to Lloyd Kaufman's office and jerking off on his table, on his <sighs> desk.
0: <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, I knew that yeah. he wrote the forward. I didn't know the contents therein.
1: Yeah, he's talking about when he was working at Trauma. Uh, he was there late with somebody else. I forgot who the other person was. It was. Maybe it was like the guy he wrote Pulsier Christ because I know he worked at Troma for a long, long time too. And like, uh, I, it was like, I dare you to go jerk off on a uh, uh, Lloyd Kaufman's desk. And he was like, oh yeah. So I grabbed a VHS tape of Newcomb High, fast forward it to uh, Watcher Face's boobs. And I just rubbed one out on his desk. Wow. This is the forward to Lloyd
0: Kaufman's book. <laughs> So he's probably going to find out.
1: Yeah. And then again, there's two forwards, actually. The other one is on Trey Parker talking about how his first meeting went with Lloyd Coffin was taking them to Del Taco and then Troy and Trey Parker and Matt Stone having to pay for his lunch. Awesome. You know you've made it. <laughs> yeah, when you paid for Lloyd Kaufman's lunch at Del Taco, which I feel like it's not a very expensive place to eat. I'm assuming.
0: I would. Uh, yeah, here it's you know it's gotten bigger or greater in the 18% March inflation year or whatever. But yeah, we're good. Oh it
1: feels like it sounds. I've never been to it, but it sounds like expensive fast food. Is that kind of like what? It no, no, no. Is? It's
0: junk. Like it's junk fast food. But the fact is is that it's like, you know, it's convenient. It's everywhere. It's better than Taco Bell because it doesn't make you shit your own colon out.
1: And there's probably 100% meat as opposed to just kind of fake filler meat.
0: Sawdust. Yep. Yes. That's fun. Which do you think is more deplorable? Feeding people kangaroo instead of hamburger meat or sawdust instead of hamburger meat?
1: Well, I know Australia is the only country in the world that eats their national animal, which is the kangaroo. (laughs) That's a good point, which seems like the most Australian thing you can think of. Yeah. Really, really. <laughs> no, are you night. lying? No, are people? Yeah,
0: do people knowingly know that they're eating kangaroo meat, or they is didn't. it just kind of that was the whole thing with like the tacos from Carl's Jr. I think it was, or no, Jack in the Box was that oh, okay. they were per- saying that it was a beef taco, but it was actually kangaroo meat. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty fucked uh, up. But is it more fucked up than at least it's meat, whereas sawdust is that is even true? Meat. That is
1: true. Yeah, it's the the lying about it being meat, and it's just. Awful sawdust spill it, like a, hey, that's yeah, it's at least kangaroo meat is meat, you know at the end of the day. and you think you're buying meat. And people eat it all the time, apparently, in Australia. Yeah. Like, it's Soylent Green, two thousand
0: nine, right? Because <laughs> Soylent Green is kangaroo. Exactly. Soylent Green is kangaroo. <laughs> Whatever that urban legend happened. Now we have talked about kind of extensively the things that we would do to change the movie and make it better. But I I do want to herald the things that we liked. I think that the gore is great. I sure. think that the you know the amount of kills is very admirable for a movie of this budget. I, Absolutely. Okay. What other things do you like?
1: Uh, you know I like. It could have been shorter, but I do like the length here. It's yeah. really, really good. The characters, they're not acting very well. Some of the characters I did like a little bit. You know, they're not unlikable. And the ones that are unlikable are meant to be that way. Yeah, exactly. Abigail, I liked her. Just, I liked the way she looked. That was pretty cool.
0: I thought her makeup was really cool. And I liked her voice modulation, I'll be honest. Like, it's obviously yeah. fake as fuck, but it sounds creepy. And that was Yeah, really absolutely.
1: Smart. And um, her final kill, I guess when she was killed and her head flies across and then she screams out of the, uh, the air, I yeah. was like, this is hilarious and i love this a whole lot i really 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 did like that part i did like the the setting i it kind of because you know they have a, a tombstone in the background I don't know if they do that in southern california do you have like people that had, just have like cemeteries in their backyard is that a thing in california at all you have what yeah that's a thing here
0: your um, your whole fucking county is haunted then
1: no well i mean probably yes but you'll just it's, it's like i remember i had a friend growing up back in green county who's like his backyard had like several graves of like ancestors. I think one of them actually like died because he jumped across a Creek and he got a stick up his nose and it killed him. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, they've been there since like 1910. Like these, this is just a thing back, back here, back East. I didn't know if they did that in Southern California or California at all. But yeah, that's,
0: can I show my prejudices? Sure, And I'm going to admit this is my fault. It has nothing to do with you. Okay. But with your accent, when you yeah. said ancestors, I heard ancestors at first. I am uh, sorry. okay. I okay. am wrong. <laughs> no. I I truly was ancestors. like, wait. And I also what? know when someone with my sort of
1: accent says things like ancestors, it probably sounds also a little bit mm, racist, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah, I understand. I'm from the south, and we don't have the best track record when it comes to certain things. We get that. Yeah. I-, I get that. <laughs> but yeah, cemeteries and backyards—it's—it's it's just a common thing.
0: Well I think that's one of the the so going to your accent as well like I love listening to podcast like my favorite podcasters are almost all Australian cuz I I <laughs> very often find that I notice the auditory issues more with a normal like what I would characterize as normal voice you sure. know like whether it's the the sibilance of the s- sound that people make or popping mm-hmm. and all that but when I hear a different affectation I'm I'm always kind of enamored with it so you really help that like anxious podcast editor in me when I've listened to your show.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I know sometimes like I have a bad, I have an accent and sometimes I stutter and talk a little fast. I've been told that. So I try to slow it down when I, when I think about it.
0: <laughs> and you try and punch your microphones, which actually made a lot less noise than I thought it would.
1: I was pretty surprised because it pulled up audacity too. And I was like, oh, that actually didn't pop that bad at all. Nice. There we go.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And in terms of the haunted south that you live in, that's just bizarre to me. So I'm going to go across the pond and compare this film to Rabid Grannies. Which one is superior in your mind? Because I think uh, you might not grannies. like my- yeah.
1: Yeah, Rabid Grannies. Yeah, Rabid Grannies. It, it looks better. It clearly had a better budget. It's, all, it's not like comparing one to like David and Goliath because they are very similar yeah. stories. Um, but it just seemed like there's a little bit more talent, more money, more resources behind *Rabbit grannies than uh, this movie. And also a, much more of a story that you could follow and
0: understand
1: as opposed to here's these, high, these college kids and now they're going to go dead.
0: Yeah, this one's a D. That one's a C. But I mean, that's on a scale of like one to Schindler's list. Like if we're talking about <laughs> in terms of schlock, you're talking about a seven to an eight. Sure. Did you actually um, watch that movie, The Granny, that you sent me? Oh, I've seen it a couple times. It's really fun. With Luca Berkovici. I said that perfectly. But the way that I said it was with my hands.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's actually, it's, it's a fun little like 90s direct video horror movie that I remember seeing when I was a kid. And I just stumbled across it on YouTube. And I was like looking for like, where are some weird things I can find in the middle of the pandemic? And I was like, oh, wow, I remember this. This is, it's literally like somebody ripped off Sam Raimi. It's, it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. It, you were talking about Stella Stevens, the star of Megaconda, for those of you, keeping track (laughs) and the Poseidon (laughs) adventure and some of those other things. But yeah, she was big in the 70s
1: back when uh, starting out in Playboy was a viable
0: option for many people. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Now, like, I don't remember the last time I saw that now in terms of granny compared to this who wins.
1: Mm, probably the granny again because it has a story that you can follow you understand why the grandmother is possessed much like in Rabbit grannies you understand why they're possessing demons now the characters actually have dialogue that's you know you can follow they're not all pretty one note like they are in this movie so yeah again i would compare i would say the granny is the better of the the three or the two but again like this is a good this is a solid little movie you know oh yeah
0: Yeah. Well, I also wonder, and I think about this quite often. The cost of look, how many B movies have you seen where the the quote unquote humor is just fucking terrible?
1: It's it's, and that's what really like. B movies can't be like where the comedy falls flat cuz then you're just like what are we doing here cuz you know if if it falls flat in a B movie you know it's going to be just offensive. you know Exactly. That's it. They just say call like shock humor which if it works is really good but when it doesn't work it fails hard. It, you know. I agree. And then or uh boring. B movies can't be boring. If a B movie
0: is boring then it's
1: just unwatchable. Yeah. There's no need for it to be that's completely unwatchable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But my point is so like the this movie was shot on some form of film like it's obviously yeah. not you know crazy budget so it's very minimal Um, not quite super 8 but you know not far from it right? Sure. And so in the digital age we see so much great fucking improv and again going to like James Gunn with Peacemaker I don't know if you watched it but at the end they would often have like an outtake which was John Cena just fucking riffing and yeah. they're just letting it roll. Apparently, I listened to Steve Agee talk. One of the the talk where John Cena is talking about all the other people that uh, Constantinople or whatever uh, Steve Agee's character's name is. Uh, all the people he could have incriminated instead of his dad. He's like listing the Care Bears and all this shit. And <laughs> Agee was like, this is like literally he went on for like 10 full minutes and the whole thing was filmed somewhere. Oh like, my gosh, could you imagine this movie with like, say you know, a bit of improv and riffing the way that these people talk.
1: Yeah, because the chemistry in this movie is just not there for it anybody, any of the locators. No, If there could have been somebody, like, this feel like this movie was shot in Jersey or something. <laughs> you know, it seems like a Jersey movie. Like, maybe, you could you just, like, can you, go, like, right up to see what the, the groundlings or somebody? Some of the big improv folks that aren't really getting anything. Some just somebody sitting. with a little bit of comic comedic pizzazz sort of spice it up a little bit
0: well also even if it's not the you know the actor themselves like there it didn't feel like these people knew each other and that was one no. of the weird things with the context clues it sounds like they do know each other rather than it being like the oh we're all a bunch of strangers thrown into this scenario like bob is the only kind of outsider in the narrative it seems and it's just like hey, you wish that they could have just worked it out a little bit more because i don't think that they're necessarily bad but that's one of the things where I, I mean everybody knows my favorite movie's Monster Squad. Sure. They talk the way kids talk. They talk over each other, the slang that they're using, the way that they're like, like string of logic goes. And it's so organic that when you see something like this, it's just like, oh, this is just a crusty white shirt.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. You know, they went to the store and they bought this one kid with a Georgetown shirt because they tried it. See, you you maybe thought that you're supposed to play, you know, those 80s preppy kids, but none of them, they didn't really feel that way at all either. It's just kind of like a they threw like a lot of tropes at it,
0: but none of them stuck. It kind of feels like the the kids from uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 who are like preppy looking, but then ostensibly terrible when they're like making the call into the radio station and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to think here. And maybe it would have been better at the time. Maybe that was like of the genre or like of style. But when yeah. I look back, I'm like, oh, no, I see archetypes. I see you're supposed to be a prep. And you're supposed to be a jock. And stay in your fucking lane, theater kid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Was it Bob, the one that looked like Casey
1: Jones? Yes, Who was the- exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Elias Codius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always forget he was Casey Jones. Like, oh look at him. He's actually a very well respected
0: actor. It's so good. Cause like the rest of his career, he like didn't have any hair. And so for the movie that you remember him with, he has long, luscious hair and a hatred of punkers. And a, a cricket bat. Yeah. No one understands how to play cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is. That's why, for those of you who don't <laughs> know, the Casey Jones goon show design that we have up on our red bubble we actually originally i had drawn a a couple of crumpets underneath so that you you could see like the link but then it just doesn't read to the uninitiated (laughs) so i think we should probably wrap this shit up now yeah
1: Yeah, I think it sounds pretty good. I think we went over the movie pretty well, and uh, I think we well, I recommend the movie, even though we we talked about our griots, which are very valid. But these are if you're in a trauma, if you're an initiated trauma fan, those aren't going to like turn you off the movie at all. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't think.
0: Yeah, well, I I think you know to a certain extent. This is a great tweener to get you to trauma. You know, oh, absolutely. I don't think d- dropping someone into poultrygeist is a necessarily a good idea. I've done it a few times and it's fun, but it, they're I not, not going to enjoy Tom it. Maunchai. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I was just distracted because I just looked up that uh, James Riffle is from New Jersey, so your your idea actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, but, okay. Like the idea of dropping someone in, having this be like your gateway drug, I think would really work because it's familiar enough, but it's also cheap enough, and there's those. The gimmickry of it, where you're kind of trying to unravel the sweater that is this B-movie.
1: Absolutely. This is a perfect, this would be like this, or like, there's nothing out there. Have you ever seen that one before? That's a really good, Mm -hmm. that would be a very, it's like very meta. It's like meta before Scream. Uh, There's basically a Randy-like character. It was before it came out, like, 91. Um, Yeah,
0: it's on YouTube. Also, I'll send that you link to that one. That's a really good one, too. That sounds like with the title, you expect it to be about like a little mouse singing to the stars.
1: Yeah, it's not. That's good.
0: (laughs) All right, well, Jason, could you tell people where they can find you and support you in all of your endeavors?
1: Uh, sure, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus here recently, but I'm uh, part of the Direct to VHS podcast. Uh, we dissect uh, cult movies, not a lot of horror movies, but other cult movies like Street Fighter. We did that was a really fun one. It's to do. my
0: favorite episode you've ever done, by the way.
1: It's 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 pretty good. It was it was a lot of I was like this is a lot of fun. <laughs> the Holy amount Catalyst of umbrage in sense.
0: everybody's voice defending what they like and then attacking what they hate is great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what, what I'm onto these days. You know, like we've been on a bit of a hiatus right now. So that's basically where you can find me. And we have an Instagram account as well. Direct VHS podcast.
0: Awesome. And if you would like to support Jason, one way to do that is to tell him that you loved him on our show through our show and get our metadata up and then we can have him come back. Uh, So, you know, slasherspot at gmail.com. You can leave shitty little reviews. You can leave nice reviews. That's probably better. You could support us on Patreon. Buy me a goddamn coffee or whatever dot com (laughs) and Redbubble. Do whatever. You support Doug on TV, and I'm wrapping this up as quickly as possible. So goodbye and good die.